pretzels. Look. What, Chips? Look. Who's the new guy? Fanta. I think he's looking at me. Uh, pretzels, you got it twisted. He's looking at me. Stop being salty, Chips. We both got a chance. Shh, he's coming over. Ladies. Hi. And hello to you. Back at you, handsome. Fanta picked beef jerky? Mm, girl, we're gonna be here a while. Hello listeners and welcome to this preview of the patron exclusive bonus podcast. In this preview, you'll be hearing from Larger 10, a recently verified pro player using what I call an RTG side, not an expensive team to go 28 and 2 in the weekend league. We talk to him about the skills he recommends, why the 4-4-2 is the key to his success and whether the drop back patch will affect his drop back tactics. I'm your host, Ben, and you'll hear all that and much more in this week's Foot Weekly podcast brought to you by Foothead and our patrons. Hello and welcome to week six of the Foot Weekly podcast. I'm joined this week by two very familiar guests, Steve, Steve Stokes, aka The Foot Coach. How are we doing? Pretty good, Ben. Yeah, lovely day here in rural Lincolnshire. Nice and sunny, but a bit chilly and looking forward to getting into some fun as per usual. Yeah, we are recording this at what, sort of two in the afternoon, but um, already on the beers. Well, yeah, kind of not my fault that the missus has been taunting me with a glass of wine outside, sort of pointing at me and laughing, saying you're recording a podcast, you can't have a beer. So, you know, I've got and got a beer. It would be a great time for Beer 52 to sponsor us again, but they uh, they haven't this week. It uh, would, yeah, and, and more maybe. free samples would be welcome. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We've also got Matt Foot Trading. Matt, how are we? I'm very well, Ben. Unfortunately, I'm not on the beers, and it's not as sunny outside, but uh, yeah. New week of FIFA, so I'm, I'm raring to go. Mm, yeah, and uh, making up the final member of the panel this week is a brand new guest on the Foot Weekly podcast. We quite like to bring in people who maybe aren't so well known in the community. Bates and 87, the Panthers, you know, those kind of small names. Larja, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, I appreciate you having me, Ben. This is something new to me, and I'm looking forward to the podcast today. You know? Great. And something that we should say is you were mentioned, I think, maybe last week, was it, Steve, or, or the week before? And uh, since... Steve mentioned you. Loads of people have just been messaging in the whether it's the Patreon Discord or Twitter saying, Oh, who is this larger? Because they can't find you through <laughs> social media because they don't know how to spell that surname. So let's do it nice and early. If people want to find you uh, on YouTube after you've uh, given us some serious wisdom on this podcast, uh, how can they do that? Yeah, if you just search on uh, YouTube Larger 10, then my name will come up. Um, also, like in my YouTube videos, I leave links to uh, my Twitter and my Twitch. I will be streaming on Twitch soon as well. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's L-A-J-A-10, I believe. Yeah. And actually to point out that the full tactics, instructions, all the detail is there in uh, Larger's videos. So if you want to replicate this, then that's where to go. We're going to dig into the reasons behind the tactics, how this relates to the patch, and also gameplay tips as well in this pod. And I guess getting into the first topic this week is about formations and and we discussed briefly meta formations and what formations people are using most and the most effective tactics you certainly are someone who's taken that meta forward in some ways because i know that in the first weekend of weekend league you weren't using drop back and then you did bring that in and that that did along with other things of course improve your results that's right yeah uh, yeah that's correct so in the first weekend league usually just like since fifa 19 as well like i usually use the first weekend league it's just like a trial like a practice on 
to see what works and what doesn't because I find that the weekend league's different mm. usually to division rivals gameplay and you come up against like different uh, different range of opponents. So in the first weekend league, I used drop back and I was uh, not drop back. I used balanced and I was playing with the four four two because that was a formation that I was most comfortable in nineteen and I thought playing EA access that the four four two. It was still usable just because even though crossing isn't as overpowered as it is in FIFA 20, you could still use the width like your left mid and right mid. So that's the reason I used the 4-4-2 and in the first week I think I used balanced and the amount of uh, opponents, I came up against some really good opponents but I just found that most players were using drop back and even though with balanced I found I was able to have more possession than my opponents and usually more shots. The game doesn't always reward that for some reason. I found that a lot of people were playing drop back, so I just had to adjust that. So that's what I did. So for the next uh the next weekend league that came up I'd use drop back and even though like my team was able to drop back and like preserve their shape, I was still able to uh, get twenty and two with like not the best team. So yeah. I think it's an important point to bring up as well that the team that you're using yeah. is um how how much does it cost you would you say? Is it's you're not using a god squad far from that, let's put it yeah, that way. Yeah, you're right. Um, the team costs around one million quins, which seems expensive, but like when you break it down, uh, it's not like you know, you don't have the likes of Mbappe, uh, Neymar or Ronaldo or Messi and stuff like that, which is hard. You know, if you are able to like compensate with it, if you understand the formation, I think it's like really important, um, it makes it a lot easier, for sure. Mm. We had a question in actually from Stephen saying uh, Larger's tactics look quite negative on paper, but when you watch his gameplay, it's actually a very enjoyable player to watch. What are the key things you're doing in terms of your, your build-up play that actually make it look a lot better than you'd think looking at the tactics? The general uh, thought of it is like you have two strikers on comeback on defence. It means that you're parking the bus, but... The way I like to set up the four four two in FIFA 20 is that I have the two strikers literally just on the halfway line and it just means that my whole team is behind the ball and I feel like the advantage with the four four two as opposed to like a four one two one two narrow or four two three one is that you could actually see the two banks of four in game and I think that's something that's really important because if you could actually see your formation in game mm. and you understand right stick switching and stuff, like you don't even have to look at the game, you could look at like the mini map and that like you could see the actual formation. You could just use right stick switching to drag players into that to get into the four four two. And then from there, if you understand like teammate contain and stuff, you could close those spaces. And then if you understand how to keep the ball with the 4-4-2, which is something that took me six, six months to master in FIFA 19 and like literally carrying over from FIFA 20. Because the difference between FIFA 19 and FIFA 20 is mm. not, not much has changed in terms of like, they just stopped uh, the crossing matter, which is a good thing, I think. But I think one of the things that I've noticed from your gameplay uh, and kind of going back to the question is that in your build-up play, uh, you, you use skill moves. You, you've restricted, probably isn't the right word. Selective. You, you're quite selective about the skill moves that you use, mm. and you use the ball roll really well. What, what would you say about how you use the ball roll and how effective it is, and how listeners could maybe benefit from using it in their own game? With the uh, ball roll, it's, it's a, it was a skill move that was a, that was like important in FIFA 17, but in FIFA 20, I think it's one of the most important skill moves. So what it does, the ball roll is. Once you do it, it allows you to, in a way, like the game, um, it opens up an angle and doing it means that you're able to lay the ball off to like uh, a set player, whoever that be in your team. And I just feel with the ball roll, it's such a simple skill move to do and like every any one of your players can do it. I think it's like a one-star skill move, so anyone can do it. And um, just from doing it, you're able to like open up angles and then you could do like a one-two and stuff like that. And um, if you understand the uh, uh, left stick, dribbling just with your left stick like this close control dribbling with high agility players this 
makes it a lot easier, you know, to open up angles and score goals and stuff. So, yeah, the ball roll is something I emphasise in the video. It's, I think it's the most important skill to learn uh, along with the heel-to-heel. -heel. And with the heel-to-heel, -heel, you get like a sprint boost and then from there you're able to go on and score goals and stuff, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a really important skill move. You can do it by flicking your right stick in the direction you're travelling in and then behind you. Pretty simple, actually. And Steve, I think you have a, a question about pressing, right? Yeah, Stephen again, he's asked... Um... Also in his videos, that's you larger, you've mentioned knowing how to use second man press and Stephen's asked a lot of people about second man press and they're generally avoiding it completely. Where do you see the use for it this year? What sort of scenarios do you use it? Um, yeah, so with second man press, teammate contained, um, like some people might think it's like it shouldn't be in the game or it should be removed and stuff, but with teammate contained, I'm not using it all the time, but it's something I emphasize on learning to use because... Um, you know, uh, for you guys, that when you play, do you have your second defender switch icon on or off? Because for me, I have it off. But if you have it on and you activate team main contain, you could actually notice a difference. And that second, uh, the AI, the second icon, you could actually see that player like pushed up to like squeeze the ball. And it makes it so much easier to tackle. But the, re the reason I say don't use it all the time and the reason I would advise to use it is use it if you're playing for your two strikers. So when your opponent has the ball in their half and they'll have it with their two centre-backs, you could use teammate contain uh, so you're controlling one striker and you could activate teammate contain for the other striker and the AI would literally go and squeeze the ball and close the space. And if you're able to understand the right stick switching, you could switch to your right mid and like move that player to closer space. And I just feel like the game rewards that in a way that like the distance between players, they close the ball down a lot quicker and you're able to win the ball. Yeah. Matt, I wanted to ask you actually as someone who is really also at the top of that game, I suppose, uh, in terms of I feel like that is something you see, especially at the top end, you know, players baiting their opponent into making certain passes by using teammate contain. Is that something you see quite a bit? And do you try and implement that? I play a few top players this weekend and that's something that I really struggle against because mm. I play a very sort of passing oriented attack or it's a very quick ticky tacker one twos, that kind of thing. And I really struggle against those guys that sort of like bait a passing lane and then have that ability to quickly switch to their uh, their other player and sort of mark that lane. Definitely struggle against that. So, yeah, I, I definitely find, you know, against those top players, they know how to implement that right stick switch and that second man press a lot more effectively. Mm. My, you know, easier wins come against these, you know, more casual players that, you know, they don't, you know, press with two men quite as effectively. They don't switch quite as effectively. So I am like quite easily able to, to sort of get through with some some quick passing and some quick one twos so i think yeah it's an area i've got to improve upon and i think being able to utilize skills as as larger mentioned like the ball rolls and the hill to hills i've definitely got to improve on that front that's, that's something i've i've noted for sure i feel like i need like a fifa boot camp this week where i just sit and play rivals and, and focus up and and try and improve on these key areas because I'm still around that sort of elite three, you know, borderline elite two average. And it's like, it's decent, but I want to I wanna be improving. I need to get up to that elite one level. I think if just to sort of simplify this thing around around teammate contain, second man press, I, I think to kind of simplify it, what it's effectively doing is your, your second man is, is effectively being parked in front of the player with the ball. So you, you're giving your mm. opponent an extra thing to think about. And it allows you in the meantime to use the guy that you're controlling to cut passing lanes and what have you. So you're just basically blocking your opponent's forward progress by using it. And it gives you that yeah, extra definitely. bit of latitude to, to apply pressure from the side, cut the passing lanes and what have you. And it's just, 
it's it's pressing. It's just you, you're pressing your opponent, and it makes it much more much easier um, to to win the ball high up the field. And I, I love what what Larger said there about using it with the two strikers. It's a tactic mm. that's used in in real life football all the yeah. time. 100%. Yeah, very good point, Steve. Right, so we have had notes about the upcoming patch, which will probably come into effect judging by the previous patches we've had between this podcast and the next podcast involves the nerfing of drop back by making it so that players don't press as they drop back into position. Do you think this will make the tactic less effective, Larger? I think it would, but then, um, you know, then you'll get people that will start complaining that uh, like your players aren't doing enough. They'll just be like literally standing still or floating in a general area. And that goes back again to the point mm. I was making, like getting the balance right can be, especially in the FIFA game, it can be hard compared to like other games just because trying to get a bunch right between having an AI that's not effective and effective can be hard. So what you just said about, uh, say, if you're playing, uh, if you're playing drop back and you have players that just like, they're not as effective in terms of getting back, but they're still a- maybe they shouldn't be still able to press you. So I don't know, like maybe players shouldn't be allowed over the halfway line if you're playing drop back, just because that way it means that or give an incentive for a player to play balanced. So that means that your team can push out and play forward, you know. But again, like getting that balance can be really hard. So, what do you think, Matt? Do you think it's other things rather than the pressure that's applied that causes the problem? You know, I think it's just the the speed of which players get into that drop back shape is a is a big big thing. Like you can have a player that has just countered you, for example, with players you know might be out of position. He might have his CDMs pushed up. He might have his fullbacks quite high, but then. It's the fact that they they get back so quickly and get they get back into that shape. If you don't hit them straight on the counter and get those strikers, you know, on that on that back line and, and running in behind straight away, they're back in shape and you have to you know wait another twenty minutes to to get an opening. So I don't know whether maybe the speed of the AI getting back into shape could be tweaked with the with the drop back just to make it a little bit more possible to to break people down before they you know park the bus as we like to say but yeah it's all about balance and you know whatever ea do people will find a way to you know exploit the meta and and adapt to a new one so i think regardless of of what they do there's always going to be sort of a way to win and people are always going to sort of find find Mm. problems with it so Mm. and steve what would you say to people who think you should just remove drop back completely from the game i think it would be a move in the wrong direction i think it's a tactic that's that's prevalent in real life football and if fifa's to be a game that reflects that you've got to have drop back in it i think there's a way to fix it we'll come to that in a second but i I think that one of the reasons that drop back is so prevalent is that if you if you do look at real life football what will often happen is that when teams come up against an opposition that they know they're going to find stiff and this may be a top four team playing somebody in the bottom three, or it may just be one of the, you know, I don't know, a Man City playing Liverpool. The first thing they do is try and neutralise each other. And I think that because mm. in FIFA we go into games blind, not knowing who the opposition is, we know it's going to be competitive because of the matchmaking. I think it's a natural tendency to, to be a little bit cautious and a little bit conservative. So it's perfectly understandable that people will tend to go into games with that kind of drop-back mentality. Uh, moving on to a, a possible solution, I actually spoke about this at some depth with uh, with a fellow coach yesterday, and the conclusion that we came to jointly was that it would probably be a good idea to introduce a new statistical category um, alongside defensive awareness, have something like defensive discipline, because 
where the drop back is undone in real life is that if the ball's moved around often enough, eventually a player will lose their discipline. The defence will get pulled out of shape, a passing lane will open up or a shooting lane, and Bob's your uncle, that's it, game over, 1-0. Um, but that doesn't mm. happen so much in FIFA because the players mm. do tend to keep their shape far too well and it's it's very, very hard to drag them out. And I just think that if if there was a stat in there that you know something akin to defensive discipline, if if a player has low defensive discipline, then he's going to be more likely to make a mistake that's going to lead to that opening, and that would probably probably deter people from playing it so much. Would you not think that defensive awareness would be that stat? I've no idea, but if it is, it needs uh, it needs tweaking in that area because it's it's too op. Um, I, without knowing the ins and outs of EA's dark arts of of what each stat does actually control, it's impossible to say really. But uh, I mean, one thing I would point out is that of course vast majority of center backs and probably a lot of full backs and you know as, as you advance up the tiers of player quality and you're playing in the elite section of competition and things like that you know you, you're facing really players who have maxed out defensive stats absolutely so yeah but- maybe it does make a difference but we actually just don't see that because of how good the players are with their full cam boosts and stuff. Where I take issue with that Ben is that your, your center backs and what have you that have these high ratings and defensive awareness and what have you and drop back, especially on low depth, they're normally defending the edge of the six-yard box. So when you're trying to break them down, yeah. you're, you're not always penetrating that far. I think the real issue, as Larger was saying earlier, when you've got the two banks of four, you're often trying to penetrate the, the bank of four midfielders, or if it's four, two, three, one, the two centre midfielders. And they have a much better sense of positioning than perhaps they should do, and their discipline seems too high. It should be easier to drag those players out of position. Also, just to add on, like I think we when we talk about drop back, we obviously talk about how overpowered it is defensively. But another key factor is you don't. I think in real world football, if you see like a, a bottom four team or like a relegation team playing a top four team, if they play a drop back, they might get you know they might get one or two chances a game really maximum to you sort of put pressure on the opposition goal and, and score a goal. But in FIFA, if you play a drop back, you're still gonna get five six maybe seven chances to score at the opposition end and I don't think that's really a good way to go with it I mean if you're going to make drop back a tactic I think you should have some sort of you know not issue but some sort of a, a lack of attacking sort of options and ability but in FIFA if you play a drop back you can quite easily get two three four people on the counter and you'll have a good goal scoring opportunity. So I think that's maybe an area that they can look to tweak. So if you're going to play a drop back, you know, it should really seriously hinder your options going forward. I think at the moment, if you play a drop back, you have no sort of no disadvantage really on the attack. If you play, you know, a few quick quick players up top, you can very easily just get the ball upfield very very quickly and you don't really notice uh, sort of any disadvantage in the offense. And on that great point from Matt, we end this week's preview of the patron-exclusive bonus podcast. The patron-exclusive bonus podcast has loads more action. A full hour-long podcast, we discuss whether certain formations like the 4-4-2 only work for certain players and why Larger was playing that 4-4-2. We get into the UCL market, we look at Scream as it continues, Matt tells us how to make profit on icons, and much more. So if you'd like to listen to the rest of that and get all foot weekly bonus podcasts and along with 330 something others support the podcast and keep it going go to bit.ly slash more pod so bit.ly slash more pod and you can sign up for just three dollars a month 
and get all that extra content. Thank you very much for listening and I'll catch you again next week. credit card that gives you what you need now. A low interest rate on everyday purchases and a place to transfer high interest rate balances. The PenFed Gold Contactless Card is our lowest interest rate credit card. You can even earn a $100 statement credit when you spend $1,500 in the first 90 days. Join PenFed and together we can help you keep more of what's yours. Visit PenFed.org slash gold card. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.